You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by KiwiCo. KiwiCo is defining the future of play by making it engaging, enriching, and seriously fun. They create super cool hands-on projects designed to create a lifelong love for learning amongst kids, mailed directly to your home via a monthly subscription box. My 7-year-old daughter Sally is an artist, and my 10-year-old son Noah is a builder, and there are KiwiCo crates specifically for each of their interests. Sally loves the doodle crate for creating and crafting, and Noah loves the tinker crate for science and engineering. And as they get older, their KiwiCo subscription can grow with them because there are options for crates for teens and adults with more involved design projects. Redefine learning with play. Explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code 3in30 at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com, promo code 3in30. Welcome to 3in30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, my friends. Happy Monday. Happy February. I'm so excited to be joining you on the podcast today to talk about something that's more personal, that's really important to me, and that is surviving infertility. I mentioned on the podcast a few months ago that I was going to be doing IVF in the near future to hopefully get baby number three, and a few of you have reached out and asked how that's going and offered support and encouragement, and that really means the world to me, and I know that there's probably others of you that have been wondering if it's happening, how it's going, and so I thought I would just update all of you listening because I really do feel like this is my community, my friends, you're my people, and that means so much to me. I do want to say that not everyone is as open as I am about infertility, and that's okay. I've never minded talking about it, and I hope that by me sharing my experience, I can be helpful to other women who are also going through it themselves, as well as I can help women who are not going through it themselves understand what it's like so that they can support the ones that they love who are going through it. And so I'm happy and honored to share a little bit about my experience Infertility is so difficult. When I was titling this episode, I thought about doing something more upbeat, like supporting yourself through infertility or finding joy through infertility. And in the end, I just felt like surviving was the best verb for the experience. So I titled the episode Surviving Infertility. Yes, I hope you can find joy if you are going through this experience, but sometimes just surviving is all you can do, and that's okay too. And by way of background, I have been living the experience of infertility for a long time. My son Noah is adopted. He's 10, and I decided to do infertility treatments and the adoption process at the same time to become a mother just to see what would work out first. And so I did both of those things for about 18 months before Noah came to us through adoption. And then my daughter, Sally, is seven and she was conceived with IVF. And we've always wanted baby number three, but I've had a lot of pretty significant health problems since Sally was born and it just wasn't safe or the right time for me to do IVF again. 
And we're finally to the point where I've gotten the doctors okay to go forward with it. If I do get pregnant, Sally will be eight years old when the baby's born. And I have worried about that gap, but this desire to have another baby has never gone away. And I just, the whole family wants to do it. We're all excited about it, even the kids. And yeah, there'll be a big gap, but we think that having another baby in our family will just add so much and it's okay if there's a gap. That's where we've landed. I was hoping to do IVF this fall and then I couldn't because I had kidney stone issues. Then I was hoping to do it in January, but I couldn't because I had some issues with my cycle. So now we are planned to do it in March and April. I'm supposed to start the shots and injections in probably mid-March and then do the embryo transfer in April. I do have frozen embryos from the last time I did IVF, and so that should make this process easier than the first time. But I will be honest that I'm slightly terrified of what's to come, but I just know that it will be worth it. And I would just appreciate everyone's support and prayers, and I'll keep you posted as I go along in the next couple of months. But that is where I am at personally right now. So because this has been so top of mind for me, it reminded me of an article that I wrote for a website a few years ago. For the website Marriage Laboratory, I wrote an article called Nurturing Your Marriage and Yourself Through Infertility. And I decided that for today's episode, I just want to read that essay aloud. I love to write. I used to write a lot more often before I started the podcast because I had more time to write, I think. And now it all goes into producing the show. But I've always loved to journal and I kept a personal family blog for years and then I would submit articles to websites. I don't do much of that anymore, but the writing that I did in years past is still such a treasure to me. And I like to occasionally pull it out and use it as I develop episodes and look back at the things that I created before that are still pertinent to me today. And this is one of those. So all of my episodes this month are going to have something to do with marriage and partnership because it's Valentine's month. And this essay that I wrote focuses specifically on how the infertility process can impact your marriage. And if you are going through this experience right now, you are not alone. It is so difficult to hang in there. And I hope that some of the takeaways in this essay will be helpful for you. I did adjust it a little bit from its original version to make the takeaways more clear, to make the format match with the podcast. So with no further ado, here is my essay on how to support your marriage and yourself when you're going through infertility. I wish I could remember what the fight was about, but as is usually the case with marital tiffs that escalate into blow-ups, the details of how it all started are foggy to me now. What I do remember clearly is that we were in the car on our way to a barbecue at a friend's house, that I picked the fight and wouldn't let it go, and that my quiet, sweet, even-tempered husband dropped me off in front of our friend's house and drove away. I felt sick as I watched him speed off, knowing that I had pushed him too far, I also knew that he would be back in a few minutes, but I still felt sad and alone and confused. Those were tough years for us. We were trying to have children, and it wasn't working. I had been doing infertility treatments for over a year, and we had been going through the adoption process for the same length of time. I'd had months of artificial inseminations, an ectopic pregnancy, and surgery. We'd been contacted by seven expectant mothers who were considering adoption, but they had all changed their minds. 
My husband and I were a ball of emotions that we couldn't really verbalize or totally understand, and it is no wonder that we lost it on each other every once in a while. Well, it was usually me who lost it, I will admit it. Fortunately, blow-ups like the one on the way to the barbecue were rare, and I think for the most part we handled this enormous trial in our marriage pretty well, but life in the midst of infertility was not easy. Today I would like to share some takeaways that looking back I can see would have helped us during those difficult times. Some of this advice we did employ during our own struggle, some of it we should have employed a lot better. Here's to hoping that anyone out there listening to this who's going through infertility will apply these ideas and do a better job of avoiding meltdowns that can sometimes result in embarrassing situations at barbecues than we did in those years when we were attempting to start our family. Takeaway number one. Do not expect your spouse to heal you. No two people experience infertility the same way, even a husband and a wife in a close, connected relationship. You might think that two people united by the same deep desire would have similar feelings throughout the process, but I found that isn't always true. It can be an extremely lonely feeling to realize that no one, not even your beloved spouse, really understands what you are going through. But it will just make you angry if you expect your spouse to feel the same way that you do and to know just what to say to comfort you. When we were going through the adoption process, I could think of nothing else. Every minute of every day was spent thinking about what needed to happen next in our approval process. Fingerprints, references, adoption profile, home study, appointment with caseworker, etc., etc., etc. Or I was wondering when a birth mom would contact us. It's possible that I checked my email 45 times a day. One time I said to my husband, Adoption is just so all-consuming. Can you think of anything else? He looked at me quizzically, genuinely puzzled, and he said, What is there to think about? I'm pretty sure I almost killed him on the spot. What is there to think about? Oh, I don't know. How about the fact that we could welcome a new baby into our family any day, and there is a ton we need to do to prepare for that? I felt angry and sad. I felt cheated. I felt like if I were pregnant and my belly were growing bigger, he would have a visual reminder every day of what I was going through to bring a baby into our family. As it was, I felt like I was doing all the work, the fertility treatments, the adoption paperwork, the corresponding with birth moms, and he wasn't even grateful for me or thinking about our future baby. Obviously, this was not the case. I have an amazing husband who did so much to support me during those difficult years. More on that in a minute but I think my expectations of what he would say to support me and relate with me were too high. My husband isn't much of a talker to begin with, and he certainly isn't a mind reader. Once I realized to just talk to him about what I was feeling, with no expectation that he would say or do the right thing in response, I was much happier. I'm sure I stomped away pouting and angry when he asked what there was to think about regarding adoption. In retrospect, I should have taken a deep breath to calm my boiling blood and then told him what I was thinking and worrying about. He would have listened. He might not have had the perfect response, but he could have brainstormed a few ideas with me on how to lighten my load and things that he could take over. And when I was done talking to him about it, I could have called my sisters to rehash it all, or said a prayer and asked God for clarity, or gotten a massage to relax, which leads perfectly into takeaway number two. Know yourself and what you need. In order to feel peace throughout your infertility experience, you are going to have to seek comfort through a lot of different methods, people, and strategies. It's not just a matter of having good communication with your spouse and having his or her support. For me, my greatest source of peace was prayer. 
Though I sometimes felt angry with God when fertility treatments and adoptions weren't working out, I felt like he understood my anger and was grieving with me. I also spent lots of time with close girlfriends who loved me and knew about my struggle. Sometimes we talked about it. Sometimes we just did something mindless and fun. Because writing is cathartic for me, I also devoted time to journaling, blogging, and even writing letters to the baby I hoped would join our family in the near future. Think about what could be helpful for you during this struggle and try to make it happen. I wish I would have decided that I deserved to have more time to process, feel, and release the grief and anxiety that I was feeling, even if that meant spending money on a trip to see my sisters, or saying no when people asked me to take on extra responsibilities at church, or watching a movie with my husband instead of grading papers late into the night. I was a high school English teacher back then. I probably would have been a much saner and happier person and wife if I had taken better care of myself during those years. One of my friends, Sarah Dean, from the podcast Shameless Mom Academy, often says, Ask for support, not permission. If you are going through infertility, or any other difficult trial for that matter, and you'd like to spend time or money on going to therapy, getting a massage, or having a fun weekend away with friends, approach your loved ones and say something like this. I would like to spend one evening each week at a coffee shop writing in my journal. How can we make that happen? You are asking for support in taking care of your emotional well-being, not permission. That takeaway actually connects really well with one of our podcast sponsors. So let's take a moment to thank the companies who are making this podcast possible, and then I'll share our last and final takeaway. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. One of the biggest things I wish I would have done to take care of my mental health when I was going through infertility for the first time was go to therapy. I desperately needed a counselor to help me process the intense grief I was feeling and the ways it was affecting my marriage, but I didn't sign up for counseling because I didn't know where to start with finding a therapist. I didn't think we could afford it with my husband in dental school. And frankly, I had a lot of stigmatizing stories in my head about therapy and the types of people who need it. I told myself I was fine, but I wasn't fine. BetterHelp would have been such a great solution for me at that time for so many reasons. First, they make it easy to find a counselor and get started with them without overthinking it. You simply fill out a confidential questionnaire at betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30, and they will match you with a counselor within about 48 hours. Second, BetterHelp is much more affordable than traditional therapy, and there are even scholarships available if you have financial need. So if you are currently going through infertility or another difficult trial in your life, I promise you the investment in your mental wellness will bless your entire family, and it is worth it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and 3 and 30 listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 and 30. This podcast is also sponsored by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Last week, I did an Instagram story of myself at the grocery store with the caption, does going to the grocery store take everything out of you emotionally? I hate it so much, and I don't know if I am just dramatic. (laughs) So many women responded to my DMs saying, yes, me too. It's the worst. Too many decisions and just so exhausting. I will add that a few crazy women responded that they love the grocery store, so to each their own. With HelloFresh meal kits, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep, ready for you to pull out of your fridge at 5 o'clock or whenever it is that you start dinner and start cooking. It will save you from those dreaded trips to the grocery store, as well as from food waste, money spent on takeout, and time and energy spent trying to figure out what's for dinner. 
HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from each week, including veggie, family-friendly, and gourmet options. It's easy to customize your order online or in the app so you can choose your meals for the week, change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 3in3016 and use the code 3in3016 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash 3in3016 and use code 3in3016 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts from America's number one meal kit. Okay, and now for our third takeaway. Consciously serve your spouse in every way possible. I've already said that you can't expect your spouse to comfort you in perfect ways as you struggle through infertility or any trial really, but I would add that being extra sensitive and thoughtful during hard times will always be much needed and much appreciated. Do you know your spouse's love language? If not, you could read the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman or take their online quiz, or you could even just take a few minutes to think about what seems to mean the most to your partner. Does he or she seem to value quality time with you, acts of service, gifts, words of affirmation, or physical touch? And honestly, who doesn't love all of those things? So it might be worth just brainstorming one thing you could do for your spouse in each of those five categories. Going back to my first experience with infertility, I remember sobbing my eyes out in our bed one evening when I found out that an expectant mother who had been considering us to adopt her baby had changed her mind. My husband held me and stroked my hair until I fell asleep, and then he got up and cleaned the entire apartment. I woke up to a scrubbed kitchen and folded laundry, and it meant the world to me. I think my husband realized that he couldn't fix my heartache about not being a mother, and he didn't have the perfect words to say to make me feel better, but one thing that he could do, he could clean the apartment from top to bottom. Bless that man. (laughs) No genuine act of kindness is too small when you are going through infertility as a couple. And I found that when I get outside of my own sorrow and give to someone else whom I love, it lifts my spirits as well. If you'd like some ideas of thoughtful, fun gestures of love that you could do for your spouse during a difficult trial, or really any time, I wrote an article for my sister's blog, Bombshell Bling, with a list of 32 ideas for ways to spoil your sweetie, and I will link that in the show notes. Being a words of affirmation girl myself, one of my favorite ways to help me and my husband connect is the Loom Love Journal from Promptly Journals. It has written prompts for you to fill out on one side of the page, and then your partner fills out the same prompts on the other side of the page, so you can reminisce together and connect about what you value in each other. There's questions like, my first memory of us together, where I would love to go on our dream vacation together someday, the thing I most appreciate about you, you know, questions like that. And I will put my affiliate link for this journal in the show notes. Serving each other as you're going through infertility is so important. More important, I'd say, than serving others who are outside of your marriage. So if you need to cut back on volunteer service at church or the neighborhood or with friends so you have the emotional bandwidth to nurture your marriage at this difficult time, please do it. Just this last week, I said no when I was asked to take on a second calling and responsibility at church. And I told them as I prepare to do IVF, I'm protecting my emotional energy to take care of myself and my family. And they were very understanding of that. As a last takeaway, a bonus takeaway number four, I offer you this very poetic advice, just survive. (laughs) But seriously, as non-poetic as that is, it's the truth. Infertility is hard. 
it is hellishly hard. You're not going to deal with it perfectly every day. You're going to have good days and bad days. You're going to have good moments within days and horrible moments within days. Sometimes you're going to remember to be gracious and thoughtful to your spouse, and sometimes you are going to bite his head off on the way to a summer barbecue and have a major fight. It's okay. Forgive yourself. Forgive each other. Just keep holding on. Don't give up and don't give up on each other. My husband came back to the party. He came up behind me as I stood chatting with our friends and took my hand. I remember feeling a physical release and relief as soon as I felt his hand in mine. I looked up at him sheepishly and muttered, I'm sorry, Ryan. He squeezed my hand and it was over. I am so lucky to have him and I am so glad that we didn't let the stress of infertility drive us apart. It's still hard for me to believe sometimes, but we now have two amazing children, our son who came to us through the miracle of adoption and our daughter who came to us through the miracle of IVF. We are beyond blessed, and our kids were worth every moment of the struggle that it took to get them here. If you're in the midst of infertility, I hope this advice will be helpful to you. I really want to encourage you to just keep surviving and doing your best to make it through every day, every negative pregnancy test, every fertility treatment, and every adoption contact. A scripture that I thought about often during our struggle was Psalm 35. Weeping may endure the night, but joy comes in the morning. No matter how long your night lasts, be it months or years, I promise you, joy will return. Just keep holding on. And that's it, my friends. Those are my three takeaways, plus a bonus fourth, for nurturing yourself and your marriage during infertility. By way of recap, remember, first, do not expect your spouse to heal you. Even though he or she is in a way going through the same loss and experience as you are, they are not you. Rather than wishing that he or she could read your mind and know the perfect thing to say or do to support you, just tell them. Talk to them and forgive them when they get it wrong, and do everything in your power to take care of yourself, which leads to takeaway number two. Know yourself and what you need. Get quiet and ask yourself, what would help support me during this time? Time with friends, time alone, a walk, a massage, less on my to-do list. It's your job to take care of yourself, and it's okay to ask for support, not permission, in getting your needs met right now. And third and finally, consciously serve your spouse in every way possible. What you are going through together right now is truly a battle, and you need each other's tenderness and small acts of love. This week, prioritize doing a little something each day to show your spouse how much you care about them, even or maybe especially in the midst of your pain and heartache. And don't forget my final words of wisdom as well. Survive. Just keep holding on. You can do this and I can do this. As I gear up to start my infertility medications in the next six weeks or so, I'm drawing strength from this community and I'm so grateful to you for supporting me and supporting my work. Can I ask a quick favor? If you know of a woman who is dealing with infertility right now, can you forward this podcast episode to her? If she's not yet a mom, there's a good chance she would not be listening to the 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms podcast already. And I would just really love for this episode to reach women who need it. And even if you have a friend dealing with secondary infertility, she is already a mom, but is struggling to have more kids. That is just as painful and lonely. So please forward it to her with a message telling her that you love her. I love you, my friends. I really do. As corny as that sounds, I'm so grateful for you. And I hope that you have a beautiful week with your family.